Hey friends, it's Nikki and Andy and welcome to Nothing New, a Taylor Swift podcast. In Nothing New, we'll be covering all things Taylor Swift in several series, album reviews, themed groupings of songs, and of course, individual song reviews, all featuring lyrical breakdowns, production choices, and of course, the vast range of emotions that T-Swift songs elicit in all of us Swifties. So whether you're new to T-Swift, a veteran fan like us, or even a reluctant non-Swifty friend of ours that we're forcing into listening to this, hey, there's something for everybody here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Nothing New. Today, we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift's most recent studio album, Midnight's. And we're so excited to be talking about this. This is our first album deep dive. And Nikki and I traditionally have kind of different opinions on albums. So we're very excited to get into it. And maybe fight a little bit who knows who knows what's going to happen who knows who knows it could be the great war between us Uh, today we'd love to hear it it might be who knows maybe this will be a one and done podcast we'll fight i know (laughs) maybe this is a friendship we're gonna see what happens here we're gonna see but super excited to dive into this one because first of all just i feel like didn't really see it coming um last year this well first of all this album was released on october 21st 2022 it's nearly one year ago today that's wild today. it's nearly one i think year just ago. a couple days ago we're recording this on august 29th just a couple days ago was the one year of her announcing it at the vmas right oh my gosh and she iconic can we just talk about that fit too that like fit that was night. incredible she looked like Ugh. The reputation like look at what you made me do music video where she was dripping, dripping jewels in the dripping. bathtub i literally i was at a bar with my high school friends and we were on a, a little trip together and none of them care about taylor swift god bless them they put up with a lot for me but they were not giving me the energy i needed we were in like south carolina <laughs> in a bar and i was like oh my god new taylor swift album everybody stopped the presses and they were like we i i don't know how to talk to you about this like <laughs> And I was like, none of you are yeah. giving me anything I need. And I walked out of the bar and I called my sister and she gave me everything I needed. So she's always my, my go-to when I'm not getting what I need from the people around me. She always matches my level with Taylor Swift. It's so true that there is honestly like no energy comparable to an album release. Like, or any, anytime Taylor Swift engages online, there is Ugh. no greater energy Iconic. force than from the Swifty fandom. Um, Love her. And so I do, you know, I, I empathize with the the non-Swifties out there who have to deal with you and me and, and people like us <laughs> when these things happen because it's like, it, it's just, it's so, I mean, I feel like it was really the reputation era that like not hearing from her or pre-reputation, like her cold year plus of not hearing from her pretty much for those of you who don't know. Long story short, also that's Taylor Swift song. Wink, wink. Um, wink, wink she like disappeared from the internet and from like paparazzi like she was not seen for a year and i do truly feel like after that i was like okay i have to appreciate every announcement every post every morsel that she gives us from taylor swift yeah truly it seriously made it that much we'll talk more, more about like... the darkness when we go to reputation which yes, oh, maybe my most anticipated deep dive but yeah yeah that was a that was a dark time for us all so yeah, so that, that that being said, October 21st, 2022, Midnight's the album is released and history was made. Um, truly, I don't know. I mean, how do we even like start with this? Well, first of all, I think important to note, it's like very much was 
even just the promo for this album was so different than what Taylor's done before. It was very exciting that when this album came out, prime time fall, we're, we just, I feel like we needed, it was, she fed us right when we need to be fed, you know? I needed um, to be fed. Cause her last album before this was Evermore, which was uh, late 2020. So it had been like two years, you know, and you know, we're kind of like, okay, girl, like, let's go. Um, Cause the re-records gave us some great, great ball yeah. tracks and stuff, but we were really craving like full original work. And I think this, this album is also unique in the fact that like, she's worked with Jack Antonoff a ton, but this is the first album that Jack was her only main collaborator. Like we had some Aaron Dester in the, in the vault tracks, which we'll talk about later. Cause I mean, the vault tracks are definitely oh. very, very Aaron Dessner coded. So Dessner. Um, so Dessner and we love him. Shout out. God bless. God bless God Aaron Dessner. We oh love God. him. But I think this album, you can very much tell it's a Jack Antonoff album. And I'm totally in the bag for Jack Antonoff. I love him. I think he's a genius. And I think this album definitely reflects that partnership for sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, 11 out of the 13 songs on this album were co-written produced by Taylor and Jack together with 11, two, not all 13, 11, well, 13 were produced, but in terms of co-written two of Got them it. were the infamous William Bowery, Joe yes. Allen, which if, for those of you who don't know, Taylor Swift's how many year relationship, six year relationship, six, um, six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half years. She was with this fella, this, actor Joe Alwyn and um he was credited originally on uh her two previous albums with as a co-writer for several songs under the pseudonym 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 I can never say that word the pseudonym, pseudonym uh, William Bowery and that was like an easter egg to the fans because it, it, it relates to his like you know his uh grandfather was a composer named William something and then the Bowery is like a nod to the Bowery um street or area in new york city where they met yada 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 but they love a little code name a little easter egg so we have Who some our girl from... tay loves an easter egg she does she does indeed um but yeah really i was definitely very excited when i looked at the credits and saw that uh jack was was doing most of this album because we love him because nikki's really the biggest melodrama girly of all time oh so. my god talk about <laughs> holy shit should we start i didn't mean to get you started on melodrama but oh maybe we'll have a bonus god. episode on melodrama because god okay so yes. good. brief tangent melodrama one of my top albums of all time uh, by the wonderful talented lord um also co-written produced by jack antonoff and i mean some of these songs truly like honestly great segue truly have like a melodrama feel like you can i mean it's antonoff like, for sure the underlying um like bridge here but that's something that made me really excited about this album and then ultimately really love this album and have it kind of like stay with me even almost a year out um spoiler i loved it so <laughs> it's, it, it's one of the you know reasons i think why this album is held up so well is the production's just so flawless so, so good unique, and spoiler uh, alert we both love this album but you'll have to you'll have to stick to the end to find out how much we love it but we both love it spoiler alert spoilers anyway so, so let's let's get, start getting into it i first want to 
um talk about the album opener lavender haze andy tell me about what you think that i mean statistically you know we can discuss um album taylor's you know album openers as as a whole and how uh i think she's definitely in recent years been stronger at at song placements um in her albums but what are your thoughts for for lavender haze as an album opener and on the song as as a whole i love it like i long story short wink wink i love lavender haze i think it's an amazing kind of tonal set for the whole album i think it's for lack of a better word very groovy um you can definitely tell that zoe kravitz is a co-writer on this um and i think it's queen we love her shout out um but i think i remember when i first listened to midnight so it was midnight here in new york city and my little sister um katie i hopefully we'll have her on as a guest at some point but she is 19 and she's in college in colorado and she was going to be she wanted to listen to the album together but she had like something she was doing or something at the exact moment it came out so i had to wait an hour so everybody was an hour ahead of me and i am the best big sister in the world and i was like waiting an hour until i could listen to it live with my little sister that is a a true i know that is true love (laughs) i don't know if i would wait for anyone (laughs) if she's listening to this that's how you know that i love you so much is that i waited one hour to listen to midnights and everybody else was texting me what they thought (laughs) of the album and i couldn't listen to it yet so Katie, if you're listening to this, I love Shout you. Shout out Katie. Shout out to Katie. And that's how I'm going to prove it. But um, I remember texting her and I, when I listened to Lavender Haze, I was like, oh my gosh, this doesn't sound like anything that she's ever done before. And in retrospect, like, I don't necessarily think that's true. Like, I think the most um, significant departure she's ever done from her usual sound is like folklore and evermore, obviously, and, and probably reputation as well. But I do think that Lavender Haze definitely was a good tone set for shifting back from like the cottage core vibes of folklore and evermore and moving into this kind of like 70s synth pop jack antonoff coded album that is midnights um and i think it's i think it's great i love the whole idea behind lavender haze um i was super moved by the instagram video that she did talking about like the origin of lavender haze and how it's Mm -hmm. um like being in kind of like a love fog i think that's really sweet and like just wanting to cling to that lavender haze that you have when you're deeply in love i thought that was really sweet and it definitely wasn't what i expected either i was kind of expecting like a quiet um love ballad and i think it's important Mm -hmm. to note too that when this album came out we had not heard one note of it like there was no single there was no preview yeah, we had no idea what the vibe was going to be That's so, so true. yeah and so that was so crazy because we were like is this going to be leaning more towards folklore and evermore is this going to be giving 1989 like what is the vibe and uh one of the most interesting um i can't remember who said this it was maybe a meme or something but somebody said that this was lover written in black glitter gel pen and i totally agree Ooh. Right? Okay. I see that. Right? I see that. And I, I think Lavender that. Haze is the perfect, perfect tone set. But what about you? I mean, I also just, I mean, Lavender Haze, what a fucking bop. bop. <laughs> like absolute, absolute bop. bop. Um, that song is de- like just the the bass and like wow, like as it starts is so 
so good. good meet me at midnight are you kidding me yes taylor i will meet you at midnight any night Anytime. let's go call me beat me i will be there but we're gonna be there um yeah loved the intro so like just also like the vocals thinking of the vocals in the chorus like where she just like goes up and stay like the oh my god so Sorry. good Ex excuse my singing here um <laughs> too broke for the for the royalties of we are taylor we are Simpson. but taylor if you want to if you want to give them to us just let us know um let us know dm us but yes we'd be happy to yeah her vocals are insane in this song so good and yeah just i mean lyrically also it, it also wasn't exactly what i expected either i totally forgot that we didn't have any singles and honestly i think it I was a little shocked, like talking about listening to this album after the promo and what I was expecting. It definitely wasn't what I, I thought. I definitely expected more of like, honestly, closer to Folklore Evermore, kind of indie, indie pop even, like mm -hmm. even all the 70s aesthetics. It definitely felt totally. like, I mean, love our queen, but it definitely felt a little misleading. Like, it, I don't think as an album, this is really like a 70s album. It's way more like uh, modern pop. It's its own thing. It's like modern sure. pop, synthy, like it's very now. Um, and I don't feel many, I don't feel honestly any like 70s vibe in this album. Um, but I do love the, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Ciente in some high-waisted, um, who doesn't, you like know? little 70s pants, corduroy pants and a striped little backless shirt. Like, hell yes. She looks. Fabulous. I will say it's one of my favorite album photo shoots that she's ever done. I think the photos are gorgeous. Shout out to Beth Garibrand. Um, Nikki and I are both kind of amateur film photographers and we're big fans of Beth. Um, who's Taylor's been, Shout she's been Beth. Taylor's collaborator. Shout out to Beth. Um, she's been Taylor's collaborator and photographer on, I think every album since folklore, including the re-record. So yeah, yeah. I think this is maybe her best work. I think it, the artwork is beautiful. I think the seventies vibe totally works. Like Nikki said, I don't really think this is a seventies album, but I think the vibes are super unique and very different from any other photo shoot she's done and shooting the whole, um, the whole album art on film was so cool. Yeah. And I, I loved it. I love the cover. I think it's gorgeous with the lighter. Um, I've heard a lot of people be like, what's the deal with the lighter? Is Taylor a smoker now? No, it's just a, it's just a vibe. <laughs> and I, and I'm here Taylor for it. Smoker. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm I do love, I do love the cover. I have to say, I like, I don't know. I felt mixed feelings when I first saw it. I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I love it. It kind of looks like she has a bob, which like gives me yeah, 1989 vibes. Do you not see that? Like if you look at the no, cover. No, no, I could see that. And so I just I was, love her eye makeup. I mean, it's so fabulous. She's stunning. She's stunning in whatever photo you put her in, honestly. But um it's more so just like the font. I wasn't a huge fan of the font, but that's, mm. you know, that's me knowing too many graphic designers. Yeah, fair. Um in terms of the album album opener, I think we're both in agreement that it's pretty excellent. And sets the tone yep. really nicely for the rest of Midnight's. So the next thing that we wanted to chat about, um, Nikki and I both decided that we have to choose three standout songs um, from the original album, not the 3AM tracks, but don't worry, we will be discussing the 3AM tracks as well. And we did not compare our notes, so we don't know what each other chose. And I'm wondering if we're going to have really different opinions. I feel like I might know when Nikki's going to pick and we definitely have some different <laughs> opinions, but we also might have one in common. So Nick, you want to go first? 
Sure, I would be happy to. So I'm going to go one by one. So initially, when I first heard this album, I stayed up till midnight and I watched the music video for Antihero. And I'm not going to lie to you, that song I was obsessed with. I thought it was such a good lead single. The only time she's ever picked the right lead single. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I mean, Cardigan, wait, Cardigan though, and Willow, I do think from Folklore and Evermore, I do think though, like those were good choices. Um, but this- Willow, yes, Cardigan, no, but we can revisit that. We'll revisit those deep Check our other episodes. We'll revisit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay. I just am chiming in to say Antihero as the lead single, right choice, rock on Tay. Right choice, rock on Tay. I feel like this was the first song. I mean, of course, since then, why I asked, like, it's, I've grown less and less on this song, mainly just because it was, it still is overplayed so much so, you know, the, they really took this and ran with it. Um, and I've heard it a few too many times if that's even possible for a Taylor Swift song but originally when it's I heard not. yeah it's not but when I originally heard this album I was like finally this captures what it's like to be a Taylor Swift fan it must be exhausting always rooting for the anti-hero it's like I'm not gonna lie to you I have always been a Taylor Swift fan but it has been it's a lot easier to be a Taylor Swift fan in the year 2023 than it was in the year 2016 than it was in the year 2014. Like it has been exhausting because for so many reasons, and it's not any fault of hers, but just of the fucking patriarchy and like the societal standards that like don't allow women to get excited and love anything um, and shame that for, you know, when we do love something wholeheartedly, it's, you know, anyways, we won't get into that too much, but I do think that's why I really love this song because it was like, I mean, it's fun and it's boppy, but it's also like, it's sad. I mean, it's, she knows she's self-aware. She's like, I'm too big to hang out. Like she's literally. That she's, line ugh, broke me. It's so sad. It's like heartbreaking, it's so sad. but it's so vulnerable, but like still a bop. And also, can we talk about the everybody agrees the the hiss so little rep nod there reputation so nod. good it's giving reputation anyways that's I've, I've gone on far too long but i do think that was my first initial uh standout from this album so putting it in ink signing your name anti-hero is one of my standouts correct love it all right continue on um next i'll keep these a little shorter is midnight rain so oh my god i picked midnight rain too <gasps> this amazing. is the one i thought we were gonna have in common okay let's, let's talk discuss. about midnight rain let's talk about midnight rain andy as soon as the song starts love it you're like well i remember <gasps> being like what i gasped yeah audible gasp gasped. like it comes in with some heavy production synth voice modulated um like oh my god the production on this song is is so good so and I think insane. the lyrics are really good, but I also think that the production is is kind of what makes it, but not in a way that Definitely. like it wouldn't be an amazing song without the production. Um, but I think it's super different than anything that she's done. And I remember thinking, how is she going to do this on tour, like with the with the voice and everything? But I think Midnight Rain on the Eras tour was incredible. Absolutely, uh, yeah, I loved it. So, and this so is um, this is one of my 
alternates spoiler alert later we're going to talk about best lyric and it was very hard for me to narrow it down because this album is just full of gems but one of my alternates um that i just love that i always just like sticks out in my mind when i listen to midnight rain is i broke his heart because he was nice because mm. i think all of us ladies in our mid-20s can relate to that like you know it's, it's hard to give a chance to the nice guy sometimes even though it's obviously the right thing to do and it's easy to take that for granted and i think this is very much taylor reflecting on a relationship where she broke his heart because he was nice and not much more to it like i love that lyric and i think oh. it's so good so true so and true. slow motion love potion the way that she sings that is just oh my god so ugh, good. the beat the melody so oh, i love it i love it i love it i love it uh like also, what do you like, love so much about midnight rain Nick? he wanted it comfortable i wanted that pain he wanted a bride i was making my own name chasing that fame he stayed the same all of me all changed of me like changed midnight, like midnight. Rain. so oh. good so, so good. good a game that my mom and my sister and i like to play is um who is midnight rain who is sunshine for example um rachel is sunshine ross is midnight rain for example <gasps> uh jim is sunshine pam is midnight rain for example um i am sunshine my sister is midnight rain <laughs> <laughs> And that's a game that we we really really like to play or like on so on sex in the city well i was gonna say big and carrie but they're both kind of midnight rain but i mean carrie is midnight rain as carrie is midnight rain charlotte is sunshine trey is midnight rain i've been rewatching sex in the city lately oh my god but trey forgot about him i know what a throwback. throwback yeah the worst um but that's a game we like to play so i strongly encourage our listeners to play that game because i love you could, that. you could truly go on for hours I feel as though not not in like life because I feel like we're both optimists but I feel like in our Taylor Swift takes I am sunshine you are midnight rain a hundred percent I would agree one thousand percent I am midnight rain I, I will like I am uh the last great American dynasty you are my tears ricochet <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's so true that is so true oh my god yeah, so we're both in agreement midnight yeah. rain slaps 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah i knew we were both gonna pick that one it's so good so good um so good that brings us to my last standout is and i think you're gonna guess this one Track i know what five, it is you're on your own kid Ugh. Big i sigh. this song makes me so emotional it could be the wine talking right now i'm on glass too but um it could be the nostalgia it could be the lyrics it could be the production it could be it could be everything about it that it's an amazing song it i remember this song started and my first initial listen and i was i don't want to say like more shocked than like because midnight rain was pretty shocking as we just discussed but like this one just how airy her voice is and how the just the build of this song also the chord progression is just so beautiful the pre-chorus like to the chorus just sprinkler splashes to fireplace ashes taylor swift is a writer is a lyricist she is so good at putting these feelings that we all like we all feel this way in so many different ways shapes and uh forms but she 
writes in a way that's so relatable and so moving that totally. this just felt I was first of all I mean we'll talk track fives in another episode but um perfect track five choice I was excited to hear what she was going to choose for track five off this album because it is so you know after hearing uh the first several songs on the album I'm like okay these are these are boppy like let's go what's this gonna be and this was like more a little more fast-paced than I initially expected but by the time the bridge rolls in I uh. was bawling crying oh good just <laughs> screaming crying throwing up perfect so good. um and this one has by far stayed with me throughout since the initial listen it was my one of my surprise songs at the Eras tour um and it's a special song for me my mom and my cousin who i did go to the Eras tour with as well and this is probably like the best song you could choose to connect all three of us that we all love so much and and the, I mean, that just makes it like, you know, that's like the nail in the coffin for this song. But but back to the initial question, this song I truly felt was so beautiful and really stood out to me in terms of the, the lyrics, the storytelling, even just the bridge literally tells the story of all of her eras from debut to 1989, hosted parties and starved my body. Like, oh, I can't even talk <sighs> about that lyric because just, it's just... <sighs> It's too heartbreaking. Stop. Oh my goodness. I know. So it's anyways, so good. That those are my standouts. I will put down drop the mic. Uh, but I'm so curious. We've already heard one. Uh yours was one of yours was Midnight Rain as well. So I'm very curious to hear uh your two other standout songs upon initial listen, or you know, you can answer how you will. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking. Um, love your choices. I would say the other two that you chose that weren't aren't actually on my list are huge standouts for me as well like this album has aged so well for me and i just keep coming back to this album like over and over and over again but other than midnight rain um another song that really stands out to me is mastermind mm. um i have loved mastermind like since first listen i think it's so good and i have a really special place in my heart for taylor swift album closers because i think she's really good at that like I think New Year's Day is so special, clean, uh, daylight, talked about on the first episode, nothing means more to me than that song. Um, and I think Mastermind like has a place in the pantheon of amazing Taylor Swift album closers. And to be clear, we're talking about like the original 13 songs in the album. Um, but I think it's so special and I think the bridge is wonderful. And I think just the idea of acknowledging like her cerebralness, that's not a word um but what whatever the word is um i think it's it's so sweet and i think thinking about her relationship in like a retrospective like that is really interesting and i i love it i think it also just kind of is a great title um i love that song the bridge is really great i was gonna um, say no one wanted to play with me as a little kid so i've been scheming like a criminal ever since it's so insane like oh. the bridge is so good, so good. So and good. also just like laid the groundwork just like clockwork the dominoes cascaded and a line is so good um and also saying like to make them love me and make it seem effortless i think is so like it's giving always rooting for the anti-hero like it definitely like harkens back to those yeah. lyrics and yeah. i just i love mastermind it was my favorite on the first listen and it's held up for me really well and i loved its placement at the eras tour I just love it. Five stars for Mastermind. Five stars for Mastermind. Excellent, Excellent. choice. 
my other choice for a standout is karma um which is more of Mm -hmm. like a top 40 bop i've heard some hate for karma just in the general fandom of people saying it's silly who is hating on karma people that i will not name in this podcast but i (laughs) love karma and another Mm. like best lyric alternate that i did not actually choose but was um I keep my side of the street clean. You wouldn't know what I mean. And I won't name names, but this helped me through a very specific situation in my life last year. And I was like, focus on yourself, keep your side of the street clean, and you will not have to worry about karma coming back to bite you in the ass. And it, this song is so good. It is so fun. It is camp. It is nothing more than that. It is just silly and it's fun and it's good advice to keep your side of the street clean. I loved its placement on the Eras tour. It was the perfect closer for confetti agree. jacket. Not I loved the song before the confetti jacket, but I will say the confetti jacket means everything to me. So good. and it's so good. And I just love that song. It's Carmen is a cat, you know? I remember hearing this for the first time though, and I definitely was like overwhelmed. I was like, oh my God, what is happening in the song? Not in a bad yes, way. It, like, was, it was like no, but it was whoa. it was a, it was it was a swerve. It was a little weird, and it definitely didn't give like the karma that everybody was hypothesizing about, like as the quote unquote forgotten album, whatever. Which I don't really think that's a real thing. I'm not a karma believer. No, I'm not a karma believer either. That was reputation, guys. You got that album. You got yes. that album. It was reputation. <laughs> it was reputation. I'm sorry, and but it's fun. It's camp. It's silly, and so karma is a cat. And sometimes it doesn't need to be much deeper than that. So true. So true. Great. Fabulous choice. Fabulous choice. Thank you. Um, so in conclusion, I was very stumped on Karma versus Bejeweled because I'm a, I'm, uh, I'm definitely like a pop girly, like I said in the first episode. And Bejeweled also is really big. Love to listen to that song when I'm getting ready to go out. But I had to go with Karma because I think that's one that has been more applicable to me in my life. And I have listened to that song to power myself through situations with people that have wronged me before and karma is a relaxing thought it is the breeze in my hair on the weekend fabulous and i mean to segue in now after talking about our standout songs i think we got a chat i know it's the it's not a great question but what is your least favorite song on the original midnight's album well i have (laughs) to go with I wonder if we'll have the same one. I'm so curious. Um, I feel like my sister is going to kill me for this because she loves this song, but it's got to be Labyrinth for me. <gasps> no! <gasps> I know, I, I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, okay, so I love the like, uh-oh, and like the heartbeat sounds. I, I love that. Andy. But for me, I know, I know. But for me, it's an interlude and it could very easily be cut. And it's just like, you know, Taylor has talked about things like, quote unquote, I think she said about, maybe she said this in like Miss Americana or something. She's like, is that enough song? Meaning like, does it have enough like body and like beginning, middle, end for it to be like an actual song? And Labyrinth's not enough song for me. I completely disagree, but I respect your opinion. Thank Um, you so much. I think some of the, sometimes the best songs are the simplest. And although I wouldn't put this like at the top of my Midnight's roster, I wouldn't say, I think it definitely would fall like in the middle area because the, mainly because the production is so fucking good. The whole back half of this song is absolutely incredible. It's a headphone song. You need some good 
it headphones. is a headphone bonk. I, I will I will give you that it's not like a bop that you can be multitasking to to like you know it's it's not it, that's not its purpose so I definitely see why you're less connected to it because it's not one that you just throw on and you're like yes hype me up girl um yeah it's definitely like and we know I'm a hype girly I'm a, I'm a pop girl <laughs> and um, labyrinth is just it's not full enough for me I guess <sighs> I know I'm sorry what well what what I mm, I think I know what you're gonna say actually but I don't, <laughs> I, gonna say. I, don't I don't think that I agree okay so this was really hard you gotta make cut somewhere so where are you gonna cut Nikki I not necessarily am... cut but what don't you like okay yeah i'm not gonna do a cut i'm gonna do just my least listened to song which and then we're talking original 13 is snow on the beach i knew you're gonna say that there it is okay tell me why snow on the beach so i saw the featuring lana del rey and i'm not like the biggest lana del rey stan but i do love like there are a handful of songs of hers that i really do love and i really respect what she's doing you know like i respect her genre i respect the the artistry behind her lyricism as well like i've gone through her lyrics i've definitely given her not like a full fair chance i i definitely could listen to a little bit more lana i probably would love her more than i already do respect her but this song barely along with all of the other fans who first listened to the song and said where the fuck is lana del rey on this track She's barely to be seen, ooing and aahing in the background. If there's a feature, like, give me a feature. Like, give the girl a, throw the girl a verse, for God's sakes, Taylor. Like, don't feature. Okay, I don't know if I subscribe to the the Taylor not giving women a verse situation. I think the Phoebe verse, obviously, on Nothing New is the best feature we've ever gotten. So good. Um, So so good. Yeah. Literally the title of our podcast, Nothing New. But... (laughs) I don't, I don't need more Lana Del Rey in this song. I really, really don't. I do because the new version she did release, I, I actually have listened to that song a lot more. It's made, and also shout out the summer I turned pretty. Yes. Oh my God. We could do a whole podcast on just that show. We love it so much. Big fans, big fans over here. Big fans. Um, but like. 28 year old women, but we, we love, <laughs> we love fans, that show. Fans. Um, but I don't know. I think it's a beautiful lyrics. It's grown on me since first listen, but my initial first listen of this album, I was like, skip. Like I skipped that song. Like I I listened to it, the full album twice all the way through. And I didn't even get through that song all the way. The second listen, I skipped it. Mm. And then I kept, but every other song I listened to all the way through uh, and not that one. So I just think like, that's just, it's just the truth of how I feel. So I'm laying it out there, but I don't, I don't feel strongly about snow on the beach. I I do like it because I, I'm very much like a coastal grandmother girly. I love the beach. Nick and I love the beach and I love like winter on the beach vibes. Um, and so I really enjoy that. And it kind of sounds like snow, um, which I appreciate about the production of it, but it's just not one that really lives in like the pantheon of midnight's greats for me like it's probably my alternate choice as least favorite next to labyrinth um but i do like that it sounds like snow but no i'm not i'm not mad about your choice i just i don't need more lana on that song i will say on that note then one last category before we start moving towards into like the 3 a.m tracks and everything 
um what is your like underrated fave like what's a fave that you ride hard for but you feel like doesn't get the love it deserves oh my goodness this is hard because i do feel like they all kind of get hype no like true no midnight is a very high i feel like underrated fave i could better answer inclusive of the 3am tracks because i do think that given the like uh later release and how they weren't necessarily included on the initial album they just later release meaning three hours three hours later but no but seriously it did affect the amounts of streaming that those songs got so i do like they fell on less ears it's just like that's a statistical fact um so i feel like we circle back to your choice when we go to the 3m standouts i would love that yes i would love that okay (laughs) Uh, my choice i would like to discuss now because i think you're going to be surprised when i tell you what my choice is but i would i would like to say i was on this train before the eras tour oh i know and you know what i'm gonna say (laughs) and i was on this train from literally day one i was obsessed with this song vigilante shit i've been on this train since literally the day it came out and i was texting nikki and i was like vigilante shit music video featuring the heim sisters you heard it here first it's coming i was obsessed with this song the way she says someone told his white collar crimes to the fbi i'm obsessed with it I love it. I've loved it since before the chairs, everyone. I would like it to be known. Oh, the chairs. I, also, I know the chairs are epic, but I love this what song I wouldn't for give what it was. To be the chair. I know. We all <laughs> want to be the chair. Hey guys, Nikki popping in here from Post. Just a quick edit here. For those who don't know, on the Eras tour, Taylor Swift has a dance break during this song, Vigilante Shit, which she does some very gorgeous dancing upon chairs. Uh, I do recommend you check it out on YouTube or TikTok for this quality spicy chair content. I know we all want to be the chair, but I love the song from literally day one. And so I feel like I don't feel like it's underrated now, but I think it got a lot of hate before the Eras tour. And I was on this this train. This was like uh, upon initial listen, top three on Midnight's for me. Oh my goodness, I know. that's hot. Which is a, which is a crazy thing to say I... because there's so many other amazing songs on Midnight's, but I have led the charge for Vigilante shit since before the chairs, and I just want that to be known for our You could say she was the original Vigilante. I was. I was <laughs> vigilanteing about town for Vigilante shit before the chairs. Let me, let me, let me make that known. I'm definitely so a post-chair, a post-chair girly here. Um, yeah, I do appreciate the I song a lot more confirm. now, but uh, yeah, initially I can't, I can't say Andy was hyped on that song. Uh, whereas I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, Everyone I mean, was everybody questioned my taste, but I'm a woman of taste. Can I say my take on this song of why I didn't like love it at first is because, you yes. thank you. Um, is because <laughs> I don't love, I think revenge Taylor has kind of come and gone and I get like I want our girl to fight for her rights to fight for her music and to like you know to keep that at the forefront but I do feel like this kind of like performative revenge like I just don't think it's a great look on anyone and I just like you know I just kind of it's run the mill for me already like we got reputation we have several songs on that album 
about revenge and this felt like very rep vibes which is probably why you like it so much andy um which again like it's it's grown on me a lot i think it's a badass anthem i like it a lot more but i just don't like i'm not drawn to the revenge anthems because i'm like yeah you've done that a lot i mean even like she's she's gone through it so many times um but yeah adding the chairs into things definitely got me a little bit more uh (laughs) a little bit more on board but that's all I'll say about Vigilante shit. Um, I do agree. I think revenge is not a good look on anyone, but I do think this plays into the like things that keep you up at night concept album idea. And revenge is definitely one of those things that like all of us daydream about in our weakest sure. moments. Um, but we'll talk about that more later in the pod. But next thing that we wanted to chat about was like previous album parallels because i think within the concept of this album being a concept album quote unquote of like um she she marketed it as like 13 sleepless nights throughout my life so my mom and sister and i were literally naming the sleepless nights we thought it was going to be like the vmas um with kanye or the night she met joe or the night that she found out her mom had cancer um like we were we were really pinpointing like the nights because we thought it was going to be more specific but i think rather than 13 specific nights it would have been better classified as like kind of an exploration into the idea of things that keep you up in the middle of the night because i think that more aptly describes like what these songs are actually about and because you can't really tie them into anything specific they're more just like you know revenge with like vigilante shit and karma or like love with sweet nothing or snow on the beach or um like plotting and scheming like mastermind and you know things like that are more tied into that question that concept um but i think which kind of answers our question we're going to talk about later about like is midnight's really a concept album which i'm not Mm, so sure it is um or, or at least not a not a concept album in the way that she described it but i also think it lends itself to paralleling her previous albums really well so nikki i'd be curious to know what you've identified as some previous album parallels because i think we might have some of the same ones great question um i mean i definitely think this album holds its own um as being different than her previous work um in terms of parallels i mean there's something that's so what i love about our queen taylor swift is that there is always it, it's just always her you know she is in every single one of these songs and you can just like that's what sets her apart as an artist today is she writes all of her fucking songs and i love love that you can see how she's grown and also how like you know also how she caters to the production uh the producer that she's working with as well and you know within the concepts too um i do think there's like lyrically i think as a whole this album and this is not including the bonus tracks but honestly even including the 3am tracks i do think holistically it's a little weaker in terms of writing from folklore and evermore but that said this song is a lot more autobiographical so i mean i love that because as we spoke before like was very keen to hear some more insights as to into her life and her journey through these you know 13 sleepless nights blah 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 i would i would agree on the the songwriting but i also think 
I think also that might have been a little bit purposeful, like not for the songwriting to be weaker, but just to be simpler. Like I think she was after kind of the deep, dark depths of the folklorian forest for well, a lack yeah. of better description she was looking for some like levity and lightness with songs like karma and bejeweled like yes. she was kind of craving a return to her like pop self and i think midnight sure. definitely reflects that so i think there are those you know we obviously know that she's capable of it with songs like you're on your own kid or even labyrinth or would have could have should have which we'll talk about that later but there's there's all of those songs are there but I think also she was like kind of craving simplicity and fun yeah no I would agree with that I would agree with that but what do you think is kind of like hearkening back to her previous work like I have like similar to why don't you answer yeah I'm not sure so I think like maroon is definitely like a b-side of red like I love oh you mean like okay I got you I got yeah yeah like parallels of her previous work like I think maroon is definitely reflecting back on like the burning red quote-unquote of her I know like of her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal and um not to speculate but we all know what that song's about and I think maroon is kind of looking back on that that relationship and like seeing it as darker than she originally saw it when it was happening and like you're on your own kid like you said earlier is literally going through every single one of her albums with like uh parking lots and um starved my body and all those things referencing like fearless in 1989 and then i'm also curious which song you think midnight rain is a b-side of because i have waffled back and forth between whether it's like a tom hiddleston getaway car moment or it's a back to december taylor i've thought about this too and i do not know (laughs) i I i've gone both ways i don't know i've gone both ways but the jumping off things in the ocean line really gets oh wait no that's a different song wait no 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 that's it that's it yeah okay and it's giving it's giving rhode island which is giving tom hiddleston exactly yes so but it, it i mean he wanted to come people. I wanted that pain. That's so back mm-hmm. to December. That's so. And I broke Ugh. his heart because he was nice is peak Taylor Lautner. Peak Taylor. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I lean towards Tom Hilston, honestly, because of I think so too. literally all banking on that jumping off things in the ocean line. Because <laughs> True. And see... also if he wanted a bride, like he was older, she was older. Exactly. Um, yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. That and she was in like just coming out of her 1989 era, which was like her peak world domination era, where she was even though she was already famous, like she was making her own name, like she was totally ascending to another level during that era. And so I would imagine she didn't want to like settle down. I mean, he was the getaway car, you know that. Oh, so true, so Mm -hmm. true. And obviously, we have to discuss the sampling of Out of the Woods in question oh my gosh okay so that what as soon as that song started playing on my first listen i was like this is out of the woods like yes i, I said that too i was like this is out of the woods 100 percent. here oh my god i remember so, oh, so good um and that song like i liked it a lot at first but then i kind of like slept on it and then it's come back full force i love question also it's so clearly about harry styles because we know how definitely about harry styles um and i think we could also address here would have could have should have but i think we might both have the same 3am standout tracks which is our next category 
<laughs> I forced us here to pick each two standout tracks because I think one of them is the same. So I forced us each to pick two because I think our second will be different. So clearly first one is what have could have should've. what could have should have have mm-hmm. to talk about it. It was <sighs> literally took the air out of my lungs upon first listen. Like I was <laughs> shook. I was floored. Holy and fuck, I feel like Miller. I very rarely like know exactly what a song is about on first listen because I'm very focused on like the melody and the probability of it and the general production. But literally 3 a.m. awoke from my slumber. It was 3 a.m. in New York City and my cousin Isabella who lives in Sydney, it was like noon there or something. And she was she was like, oh my gosh, seven new songs or however many. And I was half asleep listening to them. And I uh, like arose from the dead listening to what it could have should have. And I was like, I texted her and I was like, this is about John Mayer. And the lyrical genius of that song cannot be overstated. The melody is amazing. It builds the religious references like that song is insane and I just can't oh. say enough good things about it. Like it is just absolute all timer. It is so good. hundred percent. I would put this up there with one of Taylor's like, it's definitely in my song. top 10. It could even be in my top five. I'd have to really think about it, but like it's oh. definitely up there because I mean, you said it all so well, like lyrically it is so strong. It builds oh. so well give me back my girlhood it was mine first i mean i mean someone throw john mayer in prison is all i'm saying i mean okay you know i okay i don't mean that i'm a big john mayer music fan i don't mean that but (laughs) that's a really mean thing to say about somebody (laughs) i've had two glasses glasses of wine (laughs) don't throw the man in jail but maybe just don't allow him to collaborate with young female artists that's what i mean <laughs> oh my god that's so funny it's so true um yeah this song has like holy shit it's fucking oh my up god. in so many ways in all of the ways i mean just the outro the mm. the like the bridge and then the out and then you think it's like you've built high enough and then the outro happens and you're just so like good. how can this keep getting better and better and stronger just the production on this also is so insanely good, so good. oh my and it God. screams aaron Dessner. like oh, yeah. the album screams jack Antonoff. this vault track is so aaron Dessner. like in addition to high infidelity and bigger than the whole sky like those are totally giving folklore and evermore but this one yes. like you can totally see her collaboration with aaron Dessner in this 100%. one hundred percent and it's absolutely just beautiful beautiful song also if the god's honest truth is that the pain was heaven like why can i just talk about how like i feel like upon first listen you're like oh she fucking hated this guy but when you really look at the lyrics it's like the pain was heaven i would have could have yeah like i didn't and like i'm scared of ghosts like i wish you left me wondering but like oh now that i'm grown i'm scared of ghosts oh my god like living for the thrill of, oh my god it's so good oh taylor <sighs> but like we've all been i mean i've never like been with an older man but like we all know that intoxicating attention of somebody who like you want their attention and their approval and like this was a situation where obviously she was a very up-and-coming artist and you know she was getting all this 
attention from this person who was so established, like probably had, you know, she probably was a big fan of his music and the pain was heaven. You know, she knew she shouldn't have been doing it. She knew that it, like he was, you know, never knew which version of you she might get on the phone, a la Dear John, but the pain was heaven because she was 19 and high on this attention of somebody that she knows she shouldn't have been colluding with, if you will. Oh my God. So good. I know. Absolute banger. Absolutely. And one of my, one of my favorite parts of this entire song is in the first verse where she goes on a promising grown man and the way she like spits grown man, where it's just like disgusted at the way he treated her. Her vocal on this is so good. Like I just, this is the standout of the whole album, but like we limited ourselves to our first three standouts being from the original 13. But this this song is just insane. Yeah. Top, top, top Taylor work here. Bravo, Desner. Bravo, Bravo. Taylor. Bravo. Stand out. And top, so top song. because we're both so in alignment on this song and how incredible it is, we had to pick one other standout from the 3 a.m. track. So Nikki, what is your choice? Ooh. Okay, so my other standout from the 3 a.m. tracks, and this also was hard because I love the 3 a.m. tracks. We get a lot more Desner here. We get a lot more, uh, I don't know. I just, I love the 3 a.m. tracks. Um, I'm really stoked on them. And, but I have to say my, this was really tough (laughs) as a sad girl Swifty, but. Oh my God, um, I'm scared. What are you going to choose? But I chose Dear Reader. I chose Dear Reader too. Oh my God, look at us. Look at us Oh my God, I'm shocked. I was tempted to choose Paris because I love Paris and I listen to it all the time, but I love Dear Reader too. And I have to credit my sister because she would kill me if I didn't, because she is the one who turned me on to Dear Reader and said, nope, give it another listen. It's so good. And I love it so much. It is so incredibly good. It was like when the 3am tracks dropped, it was would have, could have, should have. And then I could not stop listening to dear reader and especially the end of dear reader the bridge um, the just the outro is so beautiful the bridge obviously as well you know there's one thing taylor knows how to do it's ride a damn bridge um mm-hmm. but some of the best lyrics i think of this album are on this song um i wonder if we bridge. said the same same line because i have a line that was one of my alternates oh as my well. god i'm so excited oh my god okay um but yeah this song is so beautiful beautifully produced uh this is antonoff again um i I mean it's clear this song is clearly jack antonoff vibes on production it gives me definitely melodrama vibes too it's not not anything too complicated it's got a great a great build and it's a directed like addressing us like us swifties i know like my god and it's Ugh. so beautiful. It's so raw, but also I feel like, oh, it's just, it's like never take it. I mean, as much as we love Taylor Swift, she's literally telling us, do not listen do- to me. I yes, am falling apart. Is. Do yes. not listen to me. Find another guiding light. Like I'm not it. I know I'm shining. Also, light, you wouldn't but... take my word for it if you knew who was talking. Oh my God. Mm. <sighs> mm. Hits. <laughs> Taylor so good it's different the line the line that I called out from Dear Reader actually is different but uh 
you wouldn't take my word for it if you knew who was talking was up there. But one that I love from Dear Reader is The Greatest of Luxuries is Your Secrets. Mm. Because I think that's something that I've really learned as I've gotten older is just like what to keep private and what to share publicly. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something I particularly take to heart with my romantic relationships. Like having that be private and secret is very special and sacred. And I, I think that's speaks to it really beautifully. And I love that line. But I think also Dear Reader is a really good album closer. Like if we're doing the whole 3am edition and it also is harkening back to like mastermind i think that's an amazing closer for like the original studio album i think both of them close the album really well and it's kind of giving hoax versus the lakes like the original album clover closer i know you're a hoax girly hoax girl girl, but it's giving the hoax as the original album closer and then the lakes which i prefer as the folklore album closer but i think both dear reader and mastermind are really beautiful um and to the midnight's album no matter which way you slice it so true i couldn't agree more i could not agree more look at that oh good beautiful and then i think our next category and i think you'll enjoy this one i'm excited to hear what you chose uh is our best bridge off of midnight's i feel like we're probably gonna agree on this one (laughs) this is weird that we're so in alignment i feel like our biggest um like uh, differences are going to arise in like folklore could be a very different favorites on folklore. Oh yes, definitely. But yeah. I mean, best bridge would have could have shoulda. Oh, actually, that's not what I wrote. Oh my god, do you disagree? Oh my god, I no, I don't disagree. Hear. You know <laughs> that I'm so in the bag for would have could have should have. Like, I think the bridge is incredible. Like, I think the key change is gorgeous. The wound won't close. Like, I regret you all the time. I think is the meanest thing somebody can say to somebody else. I mean give me back my girl and it was mine first I, that's also spoiler alert that's i did choose something else for best lyric because i had to but i want to be diverse but genuinely i think that's the best lyric and part mm. of the bridge and i think that's mm. the strongest bridge of this entire album mm. it's just so good there's nothing i want I mean, to more <laughs> i i respect your choice and honestly that was up there for me as well but i'm surprised we weren't aligned because my choice was you're on your own kid Okay, that was, I was going to choose You're On Your Own Kid because, holy shit, I mean. So good. That's my. Yeah. That's my second. There were pages turned with the bridges burned, make the friendship bracelets. And also there's like, oh, I love the line. I hosted parties and starved my body like I'd be saved by the perfect kiss. I think that is just so beautiful and so sad and so, so such a good description of like that era of her life. So I had to go with you on your own kid because it's literally a, a glimpse into her entire career. I mean, I could not. I feel like those are the two top. We chose the two strongest bridges. <laughs> we did. We, we did. did. We, we're, just, we're we just. We just. We just. I agree. We ended up in a different place, but the route was the same. The route was exactly like nearly exactly the same. Um, yeah. Because it was so hard to choose. I mean, I just think, oh, they're both so. The the bridges are both phenomenal in, in both of those songs. Um, literally this whole podcast is us just going oh it's so good but i know <laughs> this, this album is amazing and we're we're very aligned on this one i think we have a lot of the same favorites uh so true well should we so what's your best lyric at exactly what i was gonna ask um this was also really hard because i do think it's give me back my girlhood it was mine first like mm-hmm. holy oh my god shit taylor like there's no so hiding honest. behind anything. There's no metaphor here. It is you took 
that from me and it was mine first and I cannot get that back. That is, I mean, as we're in our later twenties, like, you know, there's so much to look back on as like, we're growing as, as women, as, you know, people. And it's, of course, we all have our own things that we regret and things, you know, especially with like, you know, first sexual experiences and first romances. And, you know, I can think of my first, my first boyfriend way back when, um, and a moment of vulnerability here that I definitely like, I was ready to like, you know, get spicy in the, in the bedroom. I was definitely ready, (laughs) um, at 16, but it was also just like not handled with care with, you know, with consent, you know, with consent being at the forefront of conversation with, uh, you know, just even discussion and like that being at the forefront of those interactions. So in many ways, like that's something that you just can't, you can't walk back from. And when I heard that bridge, I was like transported back to that time, like literally after breaking up with that person, like crying on the floor of my shower, like just devastating. Were you listening to Last Kiss? I mean, most, most likely, yes. Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> I am the biggest Definitely. Last Kiss fan of all time. Um, but yeah, the, it finally was like, you put that into words, like exactly how I, I couldn't explain it then, but like now it's kind of, you know, exactly. It's like you grow and you're able to look back on these experiences that you didn't necessarily think were like, or I wouldn't say it was bad, but like, you don't know what colors they turned out to be until later. Like, you know, mm-hmm. going back to the red maroon, you know, um, parallel there. It's like definitely this hindsight is 2020 vision where you're able to 100%. really see what happened. And like the fact that you were taken advantage of and that there were there were um, pa- like power dynamics at play. Um, and yeah, girlhood is so precious. It's so beautiful. This summer has been a fabulous time for for the girlies out there to reclaim Absolutely. our girlhood. And I just feel like this album that, or sorry, that, that lyric perfectly captures that, uh, that feeling. I think too, even if you don't look at it through like a sexual lens, but if you look at it through just the lens of like emotional vulnerability, like there's so many yeah, definitely. examples I can point to of being like 18, 19 and a guy or even like a friend or something, um, totally took advantage of like my kindness and my naivete for lack of a better word. And it really taught me a thing or two about like how, when to trust people and when not to. And I think it, I was taught in some cases like that lesson a little bit too early. And I think I was, um, I'm generally like a very forgiving person and I'm a very, um, very gentle soul, which speaks into my best lyric, which I'll go to in a moment. But, um, I think, girlhood applies to a lot of things that I think give me back my girlhood. It was mine first can even speak to like just feeling like emotionally taken advantage of. Definitely. A hundred percent. It's brilliant. It's I, I could talk all day about that lyric because I just, I hate that for Taylor. I'm sad that that happened to her and I'm sad that that happened to probably most of us and the women listening here. It's just so true. And that's again, what Taylor's so good at is, capturing these universal emotions in such a beautiful, powerful way. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm curious to hear. So what's that brings us, I want to give my backup afterwards, but firstly, what is your best lyric off of Midnight's? 
Thank you for asking. Um, I think once I say it, you're not going to be surprised by what I chose because I think it's a very, very Ooh. me choice. Um, but my choice is I'm just too soft for all of it from Sweet Nothing. Oh my God. I love that's such a good choice. I such. just love that lyric so much. It makes me cry every single time. And I just, I, an alternate for me, I had a hard time choosing in Sweet Nothing between that and all that you ever wanted from me was Sweet Nothing because. I like get choked up when I talk about that song because I just think, you know, thinking of Joe, like he was the first person who really didn't want anything from her. Like he didn't want, at least as far as we know, but he didn't want the fame. He didn't want the money. He didn't want the glamour of like dating Taylor Swift. He just like liked the person that she was and wanted that. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. Like you only want the person you want them for who they are and not what they can like the lifestyle that they can give you and I think that's so so beautiful that like she put that to words in this song and then um saying I'm just too soft for all of it is something that I totally agree with I think I'm a really fragile person I'm very sensitive and I think I'm very um I'm very soft and I think it's it just it spoke to that really really beautifully and it's nice to know that somebody like taylor swift who's literally the biggest superstar in the entire world and is constantly subjected to criticism and critiques and all these things is sometimes she just feels like she's just too soft for all of it and she wants to hide with the people she loves and i just i love that lyric it's 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 my favorite off the whole album it's so good so good and i also do last thing i'll say but um about this song is you could also read it as like just your best friend or your mom like it's not necessarily I mean it's it was co-written by William Bowery so like there's clearly you know this illusion romantic romantic love but if you re if you re-listen I challenge all our Swifties to re-listen to the song and think about like your bestie think about your mom or your Mm -hmm. uh, parent or your chosen family who you just like you've had the shittiest day like I think of my cousin Noelle who's like my sister and like I've had the worst day I just want to give her a call and like sit on the couch with her and watch TV and do nothing and you know like just hyping each other up like I wrote a poem you say what a mind this (gasps) happens all the time like oh my god I can't even I mean of course I love so it's so romantic in that sense of like if it if it is a romantic pairing but it's also like the way your friends hype you up like if your friends aren't hyping you up they're not your friends like you know what I mean like just like that uh, just that endless support you get from people who truly don't want anything from you but like you're just you like they just want you to totally. be yourself and and uh I feel that way about you yeah. Nick I was gonna say next I feel I love that, you I love you too oh my god oh so beautiful even before this podcast I was texting Nick and I was like I feel like everyone's gonna comment about how weird my voice sounds and she was like don't you even do that first of all we don't read the comments second of all <laughs> and was like just hyping me up and like because I'm just too soft for all of it you know I think those are the people worth keeping around who don't don't want anything for you except how much you love Taylor Swift and to talk about it for an hour and 15 minutes on a podcast. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, we're little softies and we will softies. Hype each other up, each other up. Um, love you, buddy. I love you too. And I think I have a perfect transition into our next topic, but my yeah. secondary best lyric of the album is from <gasps> just the, uh. one of the best songs that is not even technically on this album anywhere and it needs to be on streaming wink wink taylor swift please drop it on spotify 
one day um but is you're losing me it's from you're losing me i have i have that as one of my alternates as well so i wonder if we have the same lyric it is first of all backstory to the song she one of the nights that taylor was performing in new york at uh, metlife stadium she announced that she was dropping a another song onto her existing album called you're losing me that's only available on these physical CD copies that she was selling one night or like throughout the weekend, or I probably, I think it was, um, at that stadium. So it was, and that's it. And it I don't have a way to play the Taylor Swift. Please don't do that because I simply don't have a disc drive at my disposal anymore. So <laughs> how am I supposed to listen to you're losing me? Am I supposed to go out and buy a boom box? I'll do it if that's that's your solution, but I would prefer if you just drop it on streaming. It's so true. And and this is what strikes me so deeply about the song. It's not just how beautiful it is, lyrically, production-wise, et cetera, but is that it's really the first time ever that we've gotten one like automatic live update from taylor on something that's that true we know is happening in her life in her personal life that she is speaking on she doesn't need to make a statement but in, and she usually doesn't she usually get makes us wait two years to hear about it on an album but she instead of making us wait she felt it she wrote it she released it and although i'm a little peeved about the cash grab that was the you know the short cd release um I'm not mad at her because it's such a beautiful song. It is it's so, so beautiful. It and is... it was hot off the presses. I think calling it a vault track from Midnight's was a stretch because yeah. it came out eight, nine months after the album. But that song was written in May 2023, no doubt about it. Oh, my God. And it, it's so good. And I honestly, the whole like last verse, like the whole bridge of the song, I think is best lyrics. But what really stands out is what as one of the most vulnerable mainly not necessarily relatable but well no it is relatable uh, because i'm not not anywhere close to getting married spoiler alert but um the i wouldn't marry me either a pathological people pleaser who only wanted you to see her and i, I am think, a pathological people pleaser it is me we are both I, people am I mean what fucking woman isn't you know it's what we're trained to fucking be since day one is just smile be polite like be respectable you know taylor has spoken about this so many times too and miss americana you know she spoke a lot about this of like the image of being a good girl being a good person mm, um totally. and, you know obviously that was thrust upon her at a way higher public standpoint but i do believe that that's something that we all all people feel all the time but especially women um but I just think it's so raw. It's so vulnerable from her. Like totally. the fact that she even said that, like, oh, there was a marriage proposal within there. Mm. Um, and all she really wanted was just to spend time with you, just for you to see her. Oh, oh my God. God. Anyway, me. you're losing that, me. Holy hell. Bravo. I'd be remiss if we did not talk about that song. And my 
I was, I almost chose this as my best lyric from the album. Um, mm -hmm. Not the one that you said, but it's also from You're Losing Me was, remember looking at this room, we loved it because of the light. Now I just sit in the dark and I wonder if it's time. I mean, daylight. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you know me very well. I, before I even heard this song, I was Googling the lyrics because I was traveling in Europe when this song came out. And I read that lyric and I literally read it out loud to my mom and my sister. And I was like, oh, like gut punch like that is so so rough and I just think that's so beautiful because it's such a beautiful like portrait of somebody sitting in the dark and like thinking about when their love was golden oh god I can't even I let's move on because I can't even talk also, about that but just, I think yeah how ugh. long could we be a sad song sorry I'm like uh, how I know. long could we be a sad song until we were too far gone to bring back to life oh my god it's poetry. That's it's a whole, beautiful song. And I'm going to need Taylor to drop it on Spotify immediately. Uh, so true. Uh, bravo. Bravo, Taylor. Bravo. bravo. And I think that like our, our last kind of like discussion question that I think we should talk about, um, this kind of leads right into that. Right after it was announced that Taylor broke up with Joe, this was in April 2023. And this album came out in October of last year. So this was like six months after the fact. Um, there's a lot of discourse about whether Midnight's is a breakup album. What do you think? I, I think no. No, no, they, no. The timing doesn't align. <laughs> it doesn't. No. It doesn't align. Like, we know that they were he William Bowery is literally a co-writer on yeah. several Sweet of the songs. Nothing. Like, no, no. They were together. I just don't believe it. But no, you know. like I don't and I don't think a lot of people have been saying that like Bejeweled was a warning shot. To Joe, I don't think that's true. I think that song is about Calvin Harris. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think that's about yeah. Joe. I, I don't think it's a midnight. I don't think it's a breakup album. I think the breakup album is still forthcoming, and I think we're gonna get a lot yeah, of really potent material. <laughs> like I'm, I feel for Taylor that she's in such a public forum when she's of course obviously probably dealing with so much. But I think I'm eager to hear her reflections on it because they think it'll be a new perspective that we haven't gotten from her, like reflecting on such a long-term relationship and one that she's always painted as super stable and super mature i'm eager to hear what that feels like after that ends especially like how private it was too you know like they really totally. kept wraps and totally we've heard a lot of the like early you know like delicate we've heard a lot of the how they met and how precarious that was it's nice to have a friend like we've heard a lot of the uh, i mean and like lover like we've heard so many songs uh, in daylight of course so many songs about how the the making of their relationship how stable and beautiful it was and you know echoed in midnight sweet nothing like how continually beautiful that this is and then you throw on you're losing me and it's just so devastating oh my god and there's clearly so much more darkness that occurred in that relationship that I'm very eager to hear her explore. But honestly, she looks like she's thriving. She said it at one of her shows totally. after the news broke that she's the happiest she's ever been, beaming totally. on stage. Like she is doing. And that's all we want for Taylor. Yeah. That's all. So we want whatever that means, we're so happy for you. But I think Midnight's is not a breakup album. I would agree completely. Yeah. Come. So the last thing. Um, we would be remiss if we didn't give this album a grade. Our friends over at every single album give their, um, their reviews a, a grade from A to F. And I think it's very apt that we do so. I think it's important that we do so. So Nikki, do you have your grade ready? 
I don't. I know. I know. Do you? you don't? Well, I have an idea, but do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first this time. <laughs> What's your grade for midnight? Okay. I would give midnights an A minus. <gasps> That's what I was gonna say. Oh my god! Wow, I'm we're so, so aligned. We're so aligned. Yes, we're I would so agree. Aligned. A minus. Call it A minus. It's all around excellent, including the three AM tracks. It is truly excellent, excellent, excellent work. Like such a good showcase of everything she's good at. Like great lyrics, great bridges, elite bops, um, exquisite vibes, all of the above. But I also think there's a couple places she could have, could have trimmed it a little bit. Um, labyrinth which i i said earlier but um it up again so i know i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> but a minus i say it's it's super 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 solid it's probably in my top five taylor swift albums yeah it's i would i mean i'm glad we're aligned on the a minus i would agree i think yeah i have to say though i think that a minus comes from like i it would be more into the b plus region if not for the 3am tracks because I do think mm. those those Desner tracks and like adding more of that into the story really strengthens the album for me. So like, but it's so close. I mean, honestly, it's it's such a great album. Like, I do think overall it's very strong. It gives us everything we want. Uh, it's fun. It's it's deep at times, but it's playful. It's not doing too much, but it's not. I'm not bored by any means. Yeah, it's it's beautiful really really well done so i'm glad we agree yeah i think you heard it here fo first folks nikki and i are very aligned on midnights it's a solid album has aged really really well for me and is one that i definitely keep coming back to so true and we'll keep going back meet us at midnight yeah or, we will you know at midnight, <laughs> anytime any place call me beat me and we'll i'll be, be there, there listening to this album over and over again until the next one comes out so soon. But Can't wait. thanks for listening, guys. Um, this was our Midnight's review. Hopefully, we'll give you some more content soon. So keep your eyes. We're thinking a Midnight's We're draft. We're thinking a little Midnight's so draft. Um, each draft our favorites from Midnight's, which might be a more contentious draft with us. I was going to so say, that might be kind of, this is going to be hoo -hoo -hoo. <laughs> a little hot you draft. Did. So. I love oh. it. All right. See you next time.